All right, welcome everyone to this week's Fierce Telecom podcast. As always, my name is Alejandro Pinero. I'm your host. And once again, we bring some of the leading voices of our industry to cover just about any and every topic we can think of to make sure that you're on top of everything telecom related. And this week, I'm really excited to be chatting to Patrick Jansen. Patrick is the Director of Mobile Network Site Solutions at Ericsson North America. Patrick, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. And Patrick, um, I think we're here to talk about a very important topic, uh, energy consumption, one that uh, is relevant, I think, not only for telecoms, but uh, really for just about anything and everything that uh, we do and the world that we live in. So thank you so much for, for your time and, and for joining us uh, today. And Patrick, let me start with a question I like to ask everyone just to to give you a chance to introduce yourself and give everyone a bit of a, a, an idea of where you sit within uh, your organization, Ericsson, and what your role there is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, thank you. Yeah, so so I, I'm I'm uh, working in in uh, the Ericsson North Americas as part of of, of the network organization, and uh, and I am a power and energy expert. Uh, in, in the team supporting all of the MNOs here in North Americas, uh, and I'm supporting the the radio and baseband deployment uh, in the field. So practically, uh, I'm working with the guys who are actually doing this in the field. Um, <clears throat> I have over 30 years in in Ericsson, and uh, I've started back in the in the early 90s, uh, and with the, both wireline and 1G. Uh, and uh, for instance, I was up in the Vietnam highlands uh, uh, resetting and installing uh, subscriber stages to make connectivity to, to these villages uh, up in the highlands. And our goal, our target was to, to install two phone lines per village. Oh, wow. uh, uh, <laughs> so, so that was my, my job, driving around on a moped uh, uh, up there and, and uh, installing these to help these villages out. Uh, and I think the, the going into to the wireline and 1G, what was that? From a power and energy perspective, um, it was all about voice connectivity, how to get hold of, of, of your loved ones or your, your next neighbors, uh, villages, etc., how to get hold of people really? What was was the purpose? There was no focus on energy. Uh, <clears throat> so as we migrate uh, over to two G, uh, which is uh, more or less the GSM, uh, a little bit on TDMA, but mainly GSM. Now we're talking about designs that are much more focused on energy consumption. We have power features uh, on both the network side, but also on the handset side. So now suddenly there's a focus on energy. So uh, and as we move on in history with 3G, 4G, and now also 5G, uh, it's th- that focus has increased. And we know how important it is. I mean, and sustainability in general has become a much, much bigger topic over the, the 30 years that I've been working in, er- in Ericsson. So now here with 6G around the corner, uh, uh, we are already developing some of those solutions and, and there are many concepts in mind uh, uh, there, my role in 6G is to develop ultra-efficient solutions, and uh, some of them will will you know stick on, uh, and work. Others will be thrown out. So, so my job is now to to kind of help drive the energy efficiency uh, with new product developments. 
That's amazing. It's almost like um, we're all catching up to uh, to what you were thinking uh, a long time ago. So I'm glad we we got there in the <laughs> end, Patrick. Um, well, listen, you're you're working with Yamanos, uh, you know, in partnership to to work on on these energy solutions. When you look at their statements, I mean, it's become very much a big part of the conversation that uh, MNOs want to go carbon neutral fairly quickly. I mean, there's there's some very uh, ambitious targets being set, uh, even talking as soon as this decade. I know, for example, associations like the GSMA, the membership, they're making very ambitious um, also commitments to, to uh, going net zero even uh, over the next uh, couple of decades or, or further on. So... What what does that mean for the sites, for those base stations? I mean, that's really when you look at the network where a lot of that ener- energy consumption is going. So what does a site look like in the future um, as we talk about sustainability at the heart of uh, network planning and deployment? Yeah, no, you, you're correct. Uh, absolutely. That that's uh, for, for the for the telecom operators, the, the most I mean, the. the most of the power uh, bills come from the network, from cell sites, like you mentioned. So, uh, so what can we do uh, differently, and, and what can we do to to help them with their targets and goals? So, uh, what the first thing that we have to educate and, and plan is for uh, instead of doing what you have always done the last twenty years, you have to, we have to talk to to the operators and, and how to do you tailor design your sites. You can't have all the frequency bands at full blast everywhere. Take a, a rural site. You don't need a capacity there like you do in, in let's say, downtown L.A., if you take one example. So uh, so we have to, I think, start tailoring sites to what they're supposed to do and not just blanket roll out one configuration. So so that that's one thing of differentiating uh, urban versus rural. Uh, and then another thing is that we, we now... As as we grow, grow closer and closer to to power and energy storage on sites, we become a part of the utility networks. Actually, the the power grid. Mm-hmm. So so that is another thing we have to start working closer with the utility companies, and and uh, uh, buying, for instance, uh, you know, carbon credits from from uh, renewables from from other sources is yeah, it, it's one way to to to. To, to do it, but what we have to look at is also how do you use and how do you uh, implement re- real renewables on site? Actually, local production on these sites. How do we do that instead of buying some credits from somewhere else? So I think to actually f- to, to to net uh, zero carbon is is really important to actually have your own production on these sites, and that will help the utility companies with the distribution of power. So. That relationship, I think, is, is going to be really needed. And then last but not least is the, the power solutions, the power plants, the batteries, the generators, the solar panels. All of that needs to be integrated into to, uh, to the site so the operators can see what do I have, uh, the awareness of their energy capabilities and availability. That's something that is lacking a lot today. Yeah, that that makes sense, and and it all sounds uh, great. But I assume that some of those conversations that you have with the MNOs talking about energy efficiency and, and sustainability, 
do present some challenges, right? There, there must be some concerns out there uh, I, from an operational perspective, perhaps technical, financial, I don't know. What, what are you um, hearing or what's, what are your perceptions on the key challenges right now that we face as an industry trying to become, you know, to use the, the cliched word, uh, greener? Yeah, I think it's a lot, a uh, little bit like I leaned to in the, in the previous year, is education and, and awareness of, of what's out there. So I think it's, it's, it's how do you manage change in these big uh, telecom operators? Uh, there are new solutions out there, but it's hard to sometimes call, call it that, convince, maybe it's not the right word, but how do you educate them as showing here instead of using these solutions we've used for the last 20 years there's newer equipment there's new solutions out there to use those instead um and i think it's uh, really important of for one example is very good actually it, it take uh, energy backup here in the us is typically lead acid batteries classic mm-hmm. old uh, battery blocks that have been around forever uh, there's new technologies in energy storage. Lithium is one. Uh, and that takes a really long time to implement into the telecom networks because this is what the operators always done. Lead acid. They've done it for the last 30 years or more. Um, so going from one to another is a huge shift. So it's a management, I think, encouragement of, of, to the engineering teams of, hey, let's start looking at new things new opportunities, how to save energy produ- uh, and, and less waste, if you call it that. Uh, and and uh, so that, that I think is really important from the management, executive leadership of these uh, big operators. And <clears throat> I think, again, also what's really important is to understand the, the overall TCO of a site mm-hmm. and dare to look at the long-term TCO. Today, a lot of operators, when they buy gear, it's all about the capex and, and what can I make back in one year? Well, energy is not a one-year thing. Energy is forever thing. We have to dare look out in the future of what can we dare look 10 years, let's say, a TCO for 10 years, total cost of ownership. That, that's how you should think when it comes to energy. Um, so, so otherwise, it, it, it will never go anywhere on, with that. And I think also, again, is, is that we need to be aware of the different consumers on each, uh, on each of the sites, like the radios, the basebands, the routers, the awareness of what do they actually do from a power, power perspective. We know that, yeah, they're, they're transmitting uh, radios and people can talk and send data, but what do they do from an energy perspective? That is something that we also need to implement and, and have the executive leadership teams again from these operators to see, hey, I need to be aware of my power. They're not aware today. So that's a huge challenge. If you, if you don't know, how can you how can you react? What can you do? So it's a lot, lot about that. And so I think that the, the fully um, integrated and awareness is really important that we connect everything to what we call in Ericsson is a smart connected site. Everything plugs in. And then Maybe last but not least, maybe the toughest one here in the U.S. is the, the, the permitting process, building permits. That that's a, can be a hefty process. We all know that. Um, but let's take uh, the example of uh, installing solar panels on, on, a, on a site somewhere in an urban area. 
getting getting city approvals and building per- permits from both landlords and the city to do it is is a huge challenge. And they are, after two years, the answer may just be no. So now we waited two years for nothing. So how do we uh, together make that easier? We should be able to install some sol- solar panels on these sites on top of it. You know, casting shade and on equipment and helping out in many ways. It shouldn't be an, uh, that big of an obstacle. Um, we're not going to solve it on this call, <laughs> but that's just a big challenge that we all have together of, of getting approvals for building energy efficient sites. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. And you're right. We, we might not solve it with this call, but, uh, you know, the awareness piece and, and uh, making sure that an organization knows the power that they hold in, in making decisions that will make an impact on energy consumption. It has to start with conversations like these and, of course, the ones that you're having with uh, with your MNO partners. Uh, let me let me transfer over a little bit into the operational and to more of what an individual or a team can do because we've been talking really at a, a high level I'd say around yes. why this matters. So when you talk to these MNOs, when you talk to these um, companies that are looking to reduce site power consumption, mm-hmm. do you have a set of tasks, steps, uh, you know, a checklist of, of solutions or or um, or uh, things they can implement or do now that will make a, a significant impact or, or something you can walk us through perhaps to start thinking about that in practical terms? Yes, uh, yes, I do. Uh, so, so that's a good question. So I have, so there, there are four steps really in a, what we call a holistic view of, of what you can do on site today. And then, of course, there are some future things that we're working on. But, but for, for now, let's look at what we can do today. So the, the first step is to not use old hardware, really. It, it's modernize your hardware that is out there. I mean, that goes for almost all of us, all individuals. If you have an old fridge from, from you know, the, the 70s, that's, it's not very good efficiency on that. You know, so so new radios uh, that are much more efficient, like the Ericsson Silicon, for instance, is one that has you know d- decreases the the power consumption for for the same uh, radio uh, impact with you know twenty five to thirty percent in in just hardware modernization, and uh, and the baseband's the same thing, which is the 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 pro- the, re- uh, the processors. Uh, so so that's one. The number one is the hardware modernization, really, on the that the, the radio equipment. Then you also have the software features to implement on top of that hardware. And of course, uh, as I mentioned earlier, we're developing new software features for energy uh, to lower energy consumption and uh, let's call it different sleep modes that we can have in the radio. Why transmit when nobody needs the signal? I mean, the network knows, so why not shut down the radio? I mean, it's, it's basic, it sounds very simple, right? Uh, uh, and it can be simple if implemented. Uh, so, so that that's one uh, adding the the radio software on top of the the modernized hardware. That's that's like the the two biggest wins there. Then that, that's on the active components. Then if you talk about the passive uh, uh, elements on a site, which means the power plants, the batteries, uh, you know, transport, and and other things, there it should be built with precision. For instance, uh, the AC-DC conversion, which uh, rectifiers, today uh, they are like 93% efficient today. There are some 96% efficient rectifiers. We, we are now uh, starting to install 98% efficient rectifiers. So that's like build with precision on the site itself, like power plants. 
And and remember, those are things that 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 is there all the time, ticking every second, converting the grid power to telecom power. They're there every second. Uh, and so so if you have ninety eight percent efficient, you only lose two percent of that AC power coming in, and you get ninety eight percent back for for usable energy, and only two percent become heat inside these cabinets or shelters. So now your climate systems don't have to work as hard at the same time, right? You get double win. win. So, so, so now, now the climate systems uh, can, can, don't need to work so hard uh, because it's less heat generated. So that's just one simple thing that you can do uh, is to, to tailor your equipment uh, to, to, to be most energy efficient. So even on, on uh, old, let's call it power plant, uh, there are, you know, things happening there too. They are also being involved, not just radios. Um, then I think another another thing is is to then to like we mentioned before to install renewables on site, and and that includes lithium batteries because you, today you cannot use solar panels with with lead acid. They they don't marry up well. The, the lead acid will, batteries will actually die out really quickly. So lithium and solar is really important to go together, and I think we can uh, with that. Uh, I think you have a really good combination from an engineering perspective of, you know, sustaining the site longer uh, up hours, but also consuming less power. So uh, I think there uh, are the four building blocks, really, the hardware modernization, the the energy software um, uh, on the radios, and then, you know, use the right power plant equipment um, with its own software features, and then try to install uh, on on-site renewables, I think that that's those are the f- the four building blocks that that I see we can use today. That makes perfect sense, um, and definitely a lot to think about there from a strategic and a technical level, deployment level. Let me ask you this to to wrap uh, things up a little bit. Sometimes you know I think it's easy to take the. Uh, the approach of, you know what, sustainability, that lives in the boardroom, right? It's a target. They'll make the investment decisions. It'll trickle down, right? Uh, It's not really something that I, as a practitioner, uh, an executive or or a manager, need to particularly worry about, right? That's obviously taking a very cynical negative view. I'm sure it's a lot more nuanced, but let's put, you know, uh, uh, for the, the sake of this example, an attitude like that. What... What can a listener do who perhaps isn't in in those boards in their day-to-day implement now? What can they do to help build those sustainable networks of the future as a network engineer, as a designer, as someone working day-to-day in in building out these networks rather than perhaps making the big fancy investment decisions? (laughs) Yeah, that's great. yeah, so so I think there, there there are a lot of things that can be done, and I, I have a couple of ideas on this. And what one is to 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 let the engineers uh, use and get the concept into reality. Every all engineers are, have a lot of ideas. Of what can I do to save power? Uh, we need to move concept to reality. Actually, test it, build it, um, uh, do some trials, proof of concepts. Test it out, evaluate it, and bring it back to the board guys and say, hey, we can do this. It, it worked uh, really well for this, but maybe not there. 
it needs to be that you know exploration phase and, and and not do what you always do every day so i think it should be encouraged by the by the, the management to you know dare you know put yourself out there and and test things um so so that's really really important field trials experimentation um and i think also so so two things in in telecom operators typically you have one rf a radio planning team, call it that, and you have one site solution team, they're typically very siloed. Uh, so with these new innovations that we have on both radio side and on site side, we should merge those two pretty much and not have silos between them. The RF engineer should talk to site and site should talk to RF. Uh, that is something that, that all engineers should be able to do. You should talk to each other. Um, and And... Then, then, as we test these new concepts out, let, let's take these ninety-eight percent rectifiers and one example, uh, or, or the solar uh, solar panels. Test it, feel it out, and and work together. And and then don't get stuck at the testing phase. Actually, when it works, dare roll it out. Test it on more than just a site or two. Take uh, a cluster of sites, twenty sites, thirty sites. Scale it up and 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 make it actually happen. Uh, and last but not least, I think uh, the engineers, we need to start working with other ecosystem players like the utility companies. Though the, those companies are actually really savvy with power and can help telecom a lot with, you know, making a more stable grid. Can we work together? Can maybe the operator uh, disconnect their sites during certain hours of the day to free up energies for, for the, the utility companies instead of, or, you know, outages. There are things that we now can start working between engineers to engineers of how do we collaborate, not just uh, better within the, 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 the own team uh, or, or organization or, or telecom operator, but also reach out to the ecosystem. Uh, and and so, so I think there, uh, from an engineering perspective, um, and which is what I do, in Ericsson Engineering, I'm reaching out to a lot of companies, not just within our, ourselves. I reach, I'm working with a lot of uh, other players too, because it is, after all, a big team effort to drive down the energy consumption. And there are a lot of smart people out there if we just can get them together. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like uh, people just need to chat, talk, test, implement, yes. uh, and and just take some some initiative. Um, and, and hopefully that will set us in the right track. Patrick, let me finish with a curveball here. Um, we've talked about that, uh, those uh, targets to, to become uh, carbon neutral by the end of the decade. You're someone who's living and breathing this from not at all to extremely confident. If we bring you back in December, 2029 to this podcast, which will hopefully still be going, what, how optimistic are you that we'll have reached, you know, in, in North America, these carbon neutral targets? How are you feeling? I, I, I think that we, we, we all, I mean, I, I'm, I'm so happy to see that all the operators here in the U.S. have really sharp goals for sustainability. Go back 10 years, there was not a single goal, pretty much. Mm -hmm. So I think the, the attitude is here. Uh, and I, I, I really, I, I have a good feeling that we can make a big difference here uh, when we work together, all of us, uh, telecom operators, um, together with us in, in Ericsson is one, and then utility companies. So I think we can all make this work. Uh, 
to be honest. And I think we need to get into the engineering and the engineering from all these telecom operators need to have the, the mandate from the executive teams. And so I think they all have the right focus. We just need to make it practical now and actually do it. So in 2029, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm positive. We have seen, we will have seen a big change uh, from, from now till then when it comes to energy efficiency. Yes, I do. I'm positive. Great, Patrick. We'll tell you what, we're going to put a placeholder in your calendar. We'll bring you back uh, in uh, eight years time and we'll check back in on, on how uh, that's gone. But I'm sure with you know folks like you and uh, all the technology coming through, we're in good hands to make our industry a lot more sustainable. Um, Patrick, thank you so much for, for your time. I, I found this absolutely fascinating. I love to hear about people who are in our industry trying to make a difference uh, for energy and, and for the planet, uh, you know, like like it or not, that's what we're, we're talking about here. So uh, good luck and, and thanks again for your time. Awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Great. Well, to all those of you listening, thank you so much for joining us today. As always, we'll be back on your feed next week. In the meantime, please uh, enjoy your week and take care. Take care.